So, most awkward moment of the week, Joe. Not either of us for a change. So, on the night of the, on the occasion of the Queen's death that evening, they hadn't cancelled any of the um, oh, no. cinemas or theatres, right? And uh, Wicked was on. And the opening line for Wicked was, I don't even know if I can say this. It's oh, like, no. great news, she's finally dead. That's the opening line. Great news, she's finally dead. Whoops. Uh, someone from the stage show said that was a very awkward moment. So they must have known that was coming, though. So the crowd would have been like, <gasps> but I believe they've now closed the cinemas until, <laughs> or the theatres, until um, after the funeral. So that beats the one that I heard before, which was um, when Triple J and a whole heap of other musicians were doing a big fundraiser for the tsunami um, affected victims in all the places that where we had that big tsunami that took out a whole heap of people. Yes. And uh, Richard, I can't remember, Wilk, uh, Richard's. Wilkins? No, it's the guy that runs Triple J. Anyway, mm. the crowd was sort of, getting anxious because the uh, the bands hadn't started. So he walked out there and started doing the, the motion thing like this and the, got the, everyone up in the crowd and doing it. So for people at home, he was waving his arms up and above his head, which encourages the crowd to get up and do the wave, the Mexican wave, as they used to call it, all around the stadium. And they did that about four times. And he walked in there and the uh, Triple J uh, production team were just looking at him with their mouths hanging open. And they said, what the fuck did you just do, Richard? And he said, well, I just thought I'd get them out there and get them entertained, so I got them doing the Mexican wave. And they went, yes, at the fundraiser for the tsunami that killed thousands of people. Oh, my God. So that's on footage somewhere. That is an awkward moment. <laughs> Just all Everything's too soon at the moment. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Top up on your pinch. All right, why not? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, podcasting. That's yes. what we're doing. All right, pass your drink down here. We have libations this week in honour of Her Majesty. We've had the, um, the uh, what do they call them, the jam pennies? So I don't know, it's your, you've catered this. Yeah, so Jam Pennies apparently was one of Her Majesty's favourite little sweet treats. It's for anyone wanting to replicate this, you don't need an oven or any fancy equipment. Uh, you get two slices of very fresh white bread, the best quality butter that you can get at room temperature, and you uh, thinly spread that across the bread. You get the best quality strawberry jam you can get and you s spread that across thinly, put a, another layer of buttered bread on top of it, and then you get a little cookie cutter, a biscuit cutter as we call them in Australia, about the size of an opened champagne bottle top, um, and you just press it into the sandwich. So it gives you these little crusted, oh, sorry, crustless sandwiches, tiny things, the shape and size of an old English penny. 
So they called them jam pennies. That was a long way to go to, it's a jam sandwich. Well, I wanted to make it sound (laughs) posher than it was because Her Majesty apparently quite appreciated having a few of those with her afternoon cup of tea. So it doesn't work if you've got, you know, crappy ingredients. It's like you feel like you're at grandma's having a crappy (laughs) crappy jam sandwich. But give it a try. Send some photos in. I'll take some photos. We'll do we'll do a decorative lot. I'll take some photos for the website. And we're also having some uh, bubbles because um, the suggestion made was that. Uh, oh no! I think that's grossly inappropriate. You're not allowed to do that. No, no. Well, I know that there's the whole thing about um, her, you don't the queen serve mother sparkling wine because it's not a celebration. Yes, but ours that. isn't wine. Ours is just sparkling bubbles. But the same to oh, honour her sure. on the on the occasion of her death. Um, a lady suggested that you get the best bottle of French champagne that you can afford, and the best piece of cod or sole fish, and do a simple dinner with a bottle of champagne in memory of her um, Majesty. So, well. We As you may that. have heard, darling, the <laughs> mm. Queen has passed away. Mm. Oh, welcome to the World Gossip Podcast, by the way. I'm Kate. Uh, I'm, wait, well, who am I? You're Joe. Oh, good. I'm Joe. <laughs> yes. Well, we haven't got any new titles. I'm sure we'll get a mention in the New Year's Honours list. I'm sure for our services to king and country. Now that our pal Chuck's on the throne. Oh, I know. Cavalier boy. Who you've been such a supporter of. Oh, yes. And let's just have no more further discussion on this bizarre cover We'll ups. get to it all. Mm. One thing just to go back in time, which I forgot to mention, mm. which was when the Queen actually died, I thought, oh, my God, there was a giant rainbow over Buckingham Palace. Mm. Uh, which many people took a photo of, so it's not made up. Mm. And BBC had a shot of, I think, Windsor and Balmoral. And there was a rainbow over all three residences at once the day she died. Oh, my goodness. A lot of people have taken a screenshot of it, so I assume it's not made up. No, well, that does sound like something that they could do. It sounds like something a historical chronicler would make up about you, Mm. a chronicler would make up about you. No, well, I, I did notice there were some touched-up photos today. Um, somebody decided the blue lens was a bit more flattering on William. I don't know why you would need to do that. But they've given um, the Princess Catherine, the Princess of Wales, blue eyes. And she's famously not got blue eyes. I was like... Where is this? On the um, website? Or? Uh, somebody shared it on YouTube, YouTube, on Twitter earlier, and I saved it because I was just like... She's got beautiful green eyes. Why did you recolor her eyes? It was so weird. But they put the, they must have put a blue lens over it um, to make the whole photo a bit more flattering. But uh, it did look weird because William didn't look like William, and she had blue eyes. So um, well, they're going to have to make him look like something. <laughs> well, you know the old <clears> saying about <throat> polishing things that can't be polished. So to get us up to date to where we are, to recap the week thus far, darling, Mm. uh, today the Queen is still dead, I'm afraid. Yes, situation uh, unchanged. No, but the good news is her condition has stabilised. Too soon. The Queen's funeral will take place at Westminster Abbey, Mm -hmm. of course, uh, on Monday, and the occasion will be marked with a National Bank holiday. That's right. And everything's closed. Food banks, yes. doctors, there's been a huge thing about um, people. The rescheduling of medical 
Because Only medical appointments, right? Not crucial. I no, no. Someone's had their operation cancelled oh, as well. Oh, for God's sake. And um, apparently there are all the funeral places are closing because apparently nobody else is going to be buried. And the uh, Islamic and Jewish people have been saying, uh, hello, we've got to be buried within 24 hours of when we die. What's going to be happening? So there's lots of twiddling of thumbs. So I still don't know what's going on with that. But I do know that uh, all the charity things that were going on have been cancelled and I mean, you know, it's their country and certainly um, this is a once-in-a-lifetime occasion of mourning that we're not going to get again, I think, in our lifetime. I think Charles will hang on for the next 30 years, getting increasingly stroppy about his pen situation. <laughs> well, we'll get to that, yes. Oh, my goodness. So the Queen's coffin uh, obviously previously lay at uh, Balmoral Castle there in the ballroom where it was draped with the standard of Scotland and had the crown of Scotland on it. As oh, I didn't notice the crown. Uh, paraded past there at the old Palace of Holyrood. One of my friends actually was just on the road. I think he's got photos, which I should show you. Um, they were just going, oh, we think the, few, the, the Queen, um, is going, the, her coffin is going to come past. We better pull over and not make any trouble with traffic. And then suddenly it was just like it was there, like they, they couldn't even find a place to pull over, so they took two photographs oh wow so they, it was within two meters of the other car going the other way with her coffin in it um and they're very very staunch royalists so that would have been a big occasion they said they both got teary-eyed about it so and then he went to a uh, service station and told people about it and today he tested positive for covid so he's stuck in uh, oh, england great. with covid um but he's insurance. yes we forget and listen Mm. Everything else is still also happening. Exactly. So um, I noticed on the news this morning that there was a queue, you probably could touch on this as well, but over Lambeth Bridge down to Westminster Abbey and um, saying it was at least four kilometres. Oh, yeah, I don't know what that is in miles. I heard eight miles thrown out there at one point. <laughs> no, that, that was you were just watching. <laughs> oh, all right, that was something else. Eminem. And the people are going past at a fair pace. I oh, mean, yeah. People want to stop and bow in front, but it's not like anyone's standing there for any uh, – you can't. No. Well, they uh, – I saw an interview today with a uh, lovely gentleman who runs a um, charity of homeless people, and his work was honoured at the New Year with an award from the Queen, or well, they've got a, some royal status bestowed upon them now. And he was walking up and down the line late last night, handing out coffee and tea and snacks to, for free to people which I thought was just a lovely sentiment of people getting together under tough times. And Well, yeah, and the, look, with all the crowds in Scotland, uh, now that they've had the procession to St Giles, mm. and look, once you've processed with the coffin and you've had a church service, mm. I feel like that was basically a funeral. Like mm. as hard as the funeral's going to be, you feel like... I've already been through it once and that's still not the end. No, I've been quite astonished at all the various ceremonies and things that have to be marked and, you know, attended um, with the way things are at the moment worldwide. It's sort of taking that a little bit extra time to get people and dignitaries. And there will be people who desperately want to come and say goodbye who've worked with her. And with the officials and the dignitaries, a lot of people are hamstrung there because there's been a lot of rules thrown out to even the most important world leaders of I can't remember whether it was no private jets. There's no tra there's no transport via helicopter or no. various things are going to choke up the works. So they're going to cram all these world leaders on one bus, which yeah, is going to be interesting. Except for Biden, he's going to be in the beast. They're bringing the beast across. So 
I would imagine that fits on Air Force One. But it's what's very telling is uh, watching the news broadcasts, various news broadcasts this morning and going, oh, that's not the weekend crew. That's not even the backup crew. Like, I don't recognize anybody. Oh, of course. And then swapping to another channel and say, who are these guys? Are these the interns? It seems like everyone in all the news networks in Australia have sent over their first and backup teams. And I guess if you're sending your first team over there, you have to have backups because what happens if your first team comes down with COVID? You've spent a fortune getting your team across and um, nobody's um, broadcasting on air. So, uh, yeah, news covering in um, Australia is going to be a bit dim for a while. But you've got to wonder also how um, – are they going to put them in um, quarantine over there for 48 hours? I think everybody's given up on that, haven't they? I mm. don't know when I last even heard about it. Well, it's pretty dire in uh, the UK. Mm. There's no mask mandates and people aren't wearing masks. And uh, in New South Wales, Dominic Perrottet is now uh, saying, oh, we're going to remove, uh, move to a respect model. where We're going to respect and trust that people are going to stay home if they've been diagnosed and not actually going to work because they have no sick leave. Oh, good. So New South Wales is probably going to die out from an extreme reaction to... Um, follow-up COVID shortly, which is insane. So, of course, there's been no shortage of um, processions. Again, there was another one in London. We'll get into all the various Mm. details, but the upshot is that the Queen is now at the Palace of Westminster where she'll stay until the there's one more march to the Abbey for the funeral. Mm. But until then, it'll be people piling past. Yeah, well, as we just remarked, they must be getting them through quickly because nobody... They didn't envisage sort of being in line for more than eight hours at the point last night. Um, I can't stand for an hour without needing to nip off to the bathroom. Oh, I couldn't. No, no. you couldn't do it. No. You just have to stick you in a a wheelchair (laughs) with a portaloo underneath you or something. Oh, God almighty. (laughs) Shit is full. So. (laughs) My God. My God. So, of course, we'll get into all of the funeral and the burial and all of that mm. stuff next week when that's all the, the, to do. But until then, uh, bloody hell, so much has happened. So we're just going to dive from one crazy topic to another. And if we've missed things, well, let's be honest, if I've missed things, it's because I don't even know where to be looking. There's so much on and you go to one channel and there's like dive across to another. So, First of all, I guess one of the early headlines was coming out the front of the palace to view the the uh, various photos and uh, flowers and mm. memorials and such was the Fab for themselves. Yes. Reunited and it feels... About as good as the so, Beatles reuniting. So, so good. <laughs> Question mark. Of course, I refer to not only their Royal Highnesses the Prince and Princess of Wales, mm-hmm. but former family members, the Sussexes. They're still family members. They're just estranged. There's space. The relationship is space. So, Looks like it isn't that much space at the moment if we can all get into a car and drive down the driveway and act like decent people for five minutes. There you go. Cats and dogs living, living together. together. Well, yes. They seem to be behaving better than most of the public are, so... So let's get to everything Megan did wrong in that 10 minutes. Oh, Lordy. Here we go. 
I didn't even bother, but apparently things. She looked the wrong way at somebody. Oh, well, yes. Uh, some palisade demonstrating again, of course, the uh, horrible crime of maybe she's a bitch. <laughs> yes, the uh, much-shared video, which is supposed to be Megan... I don't even off. know what I looked at. Well, no, they actually somebody actually filmed the whole thing and, and put the sound on it, and, and you can he- very clearly hear. And Harry did also say this: the aide went to Megan to try to take the flowers from her, and she said, "Oh no, thank you very much. I've promised them that I will lay them up at the gate because that's what the person oh, had okay, asked." Right. And there's another one where Harry sort of um, got his person off to the side, and he's taking flowers and going. I promise you we'll, we will lay those up at the gate. That's what you would like to do, isn't it? And they were like, yeah. So um, I don't know what people were trying to accuse her of doing, whether she – Do you feel that she's being snippy to uh, someone who works there? Mm. But also trying to infer that she's unaware and she's accepting the flowers like people have come with flowers for her and – there seems to be – this is what's always laid in is this mm. narrative that she makes everything about her. Yeah. No, no. Well, it's very clear from the footage you hear it in her voice that she said, no, we've we've told them we'll take them up and lay them there for, the, uh, for them. And somebody was going having a whinge on Twitter about it and I said, well, if she hadn't have taken them, if she hadn't have turned this guy away, you would have turned it into a story that – she refused to have anything to do with the family and created a scene or she kept the flowers herself. If she hadn't gone and taken them and popped them up there, that somebody along the way would have said, look at her, breaking tradition, whatever. Um, and, you know, it doesn't matter. Whatever she's done this week, someone has gotten their nose out of joint about it. It's just sickening. And the thing is that the others, you know, the Cambridges, um, Zara and her husband, all the other, all doing the same sorts of behaviour and not one of them has been called out about it. So we understand that it was William who extended the invitation, come with us to go down the That's front. That's my understanding of it. There was a ridiculous story that was a Tumblr post and it was so bad that... Good, well, let's... let's um Give that some oxygen, everybody who did. Not you, but I mean, this is yeah, what yeah. ends up happening, right? No, that's no. the source, and it turns into a thing. Well, no, they um, Angela Levin put, broke quote unquote broke this story that um, Harry and Meghan had said that they were going down there with the Netflix cameras and they were going to film it. No other journalist heard that story, and about six journalists piled onto her about that and called it bullshit. And she actually there's, got there's ten film crews down there. You know that. Yeah, it's the media. They're at the gate. That's yeah. the whole and point. She got an, an Angela Levin got called up onto one of these you know interview panels, and they went for her. They were very polite about how they did it. But as it turns out, somebody tracked down like uh, Angela Levin follows a lot of hate accounts, and she follows a lot of hate tumblers. And she saw this post. You can see that it went, the post went up at five oh five. By 5.08, Angela had posted this as gospel on her page. This is what had happened. And that um, the, the reason they were 45 minutes late was because William was screaming down the phone. And William actually went to his media people and issued a story out through his normal media people that he works with. This is bullshit that none of that happened. I invited Harry to come with me. And, well, you know, he said it obviously better than that, the um, – the, uh, Report just came out. William asked his brother and her, his wife to attend and if they wanted to come and join them, and they said yes. 
and uh, the reason it took 45 minutes was I think they were somewhere else and they just had to get across. So William did the right thing and then there were people saying, oh, it was because Megan had checked a tantrum and wasn't going. Like just, it doesn't matter what you do and how, however they counteract the story, then the nut jobs on Twitter just twist it further and further. William's got a secret agenda. Prince or King Charles has got a secret agenda. Like it's all, everything's some crazy thing. You don't understand. Everybody's playing 4D chess here mm. when everyone involved isn't capable of playing regular 3D chess. <laughs> to quote that guy, this isn't Westeros, homie. <laughs> uh, so on to, of course, there was the prince's vigil mm-hmm. where a watch is taken by four princes and his, this obviously is a historical moment in every conceivable sense. Mm. But uh, Princess Anne taking part in that again, oh, okay. busting another tradition where she won't be told anything's for men only. Yep, and good for her. So the four kids stood there at watch for I don't know about ten, fifteen minutes, mm. and of course they've got people guarding the catafault. I want to say. Mm-hmm. Oh, was that like a catacomb catapult? It's the, the, the thingy what they put the, the coffin on. Oh, yeah, uh, Batman's lair. Uh, <laughs> completely forgot where I was going. Oh, yes, people guarding at night and day. And, of course, at least one guy's face planted. Yes, I saw that, the poor bugger. He, um, and you listen, if you don't, if you actually faint, Number one, you're not bracing yourself. Mm. Number two, you're wearing pounds and pounds of metal, so you're going even faster when you hit the floor, and it's a floor too, baby. It ain't no carpet. It's no. a piece of stone. No, and uh, you could see um, Charlotte Clymer shared her experience when um, she did training through the military and talking about how much training they do. to. They call it um, – they don't call it falling over. They're calling something like dropping out or something. She had another term for it. But they actually train them and – You've got to go through months and months of this, you know, just standing, you know, up to 75 minutes and there's not a lot you can do to prevent it. Um, and the guy behind him did try to sort of grab him a bit before he went. But um, Like the trooping, the colour of everything. There's always, as you say, there's always going to be one. Mm. And then I hear people always, the first thing people go to is the locking up the knees, that you should, you shouldn't, this is what happens if you lock up your knees. I don't even know what that means. No, well, and they don't either. It's um, If you've done military training, you'll know that what the process is and you'll know that there's not a lot that can be done. I have heard rumours, and we discussed this before, that putting – earpieces into the guys as they look like they're going. Um, they sort of buzz them on the uh, headset, but I don't know if that's true or not with internet stuff. Who knows what's real anymore? And I think when, in terms of fainting, if you're going down, you're going down. No amount of, well, hey, stop that. <laughs> well, on to what might become our, our regular segment here, darling. Who's a cranky king then? <laughs> I thought you were going to say, who's a cranky bitch, and then give me a knowing look. <laughs> okay, so the king has had some desk and pen problems over the oh, last couple oh, of days. I'm completely unaware of it. Now, at one event, and I believe it was at the accession or something. Mm-hmm. With the privy chamber. He's standing there. He has to sign, I don't know, the delivery receipt for England. Whatever it is, it's fucking important, okay? He looks over at the desk, and I see they've got... Like a, a a pad and ink wells and all this bullshit all over the table. But it's at the front of the table right where he's going to have, mm. Like it's all sat in front of his chair. 
So he just, I can see, because I'm eyeballing it too. I'm thinking, well, how's that going to mm. work? He gives a very pointed look to at the table and then one of his aides as if to say, mm. quite reasonably, I would argue, can you move that fucking shit off the table? <laughs> Apparently the inkwells were a gift from William and Harry, I read. Well, I haven't under- confirmed Listen, that. I understand, but... Mm. The hand gestures were too much for me. He could have been a lot more polite about that. If you don't know what happened, there was an an incident in Northern Ireland where the king had to also, I guess, uh, sign the delivery receipt for Northern Ireland Mm. or something. And I don't think he realised that there was a camera on the desk capturing the nuances of every moment as he... I watched it, first of all, live with no audio, where he clearly... Something happens with the pen... Then he's in the background saying to some guy, every fucking time with these pens, yep. blah, blah, blah. And I afterwards I watched it with the sound, but I got the general just straight yeah. away. It was not like a, he didn't know what was. And then, then the queen's standing there. She's holding the pen. It's leaking. She's like, what? And that's that moment where you're standing there with the leaking pen. You're like, well, do I move? Do I not move? Like, what do you want me well, to do Well, what now? was worse, though, that he, he reached into his pocket and got the... Um, handkerchief out and rather than give it to Camilla who's standing there with the leaking pen he wipes his own hands and walks off going of every fucking time <laughs> of course. that's the thing that you know, broke some of the women it's just like oh my god everything that she's had to put up with that guy she's got a leaking pen now she can't reach into anything because you'll get ink all over it and he's got a handkerchief and rather giving it to her he just storms off and when he had his big tantrum about the stuff that was on the desk Twice, Camilla rolled her eyes up to the ceiling in exasperation and then dropped, closed her eyes, and then she did it a second time. I, I, li- I don't blame her. I li- I'm going to defend him, but also I loved, he also wrote the wrong date in Northern Ireland. Yes, the 12th. So he writes the 12th, they go, it's the 13th. He's obviously already pissed off. And then Camilla, she gives zero, she goes, oh, you wrote the 12th on something else this morning. I'm like, not that time, <laughs> ma'am. <laughs> Well, she was Not probably. Now she's staring the guy up. She's probably already over the bullshit about. She's like, us. Oh, you also you wrote the twelfth on something this morning. I'm like, belt up, would you? <laughs> I can imagine all that the aides are like, not helping. But also, he was a bit of a gob smite. Listen, I'm gonna. Here's what I'm gonna say. He's exhausted. It's been emotional. It's it is a difficult time, and as much as you think you want something and you waited all your life for it. It's over. Everyone needs to go to bed for two days at this mm. point. It's not something that you don't rest up um, in anticipation of this. You're never ready for it. Mm. Um, so he's tired. I understand that. There would be a sense where I would say, listen, as the king, I'm nice to people in the street and waving hands and Mr. Popularity. Mm. You, the people who work here and who I pay to do a very important job, I'm not here to make you feel fucking comfortable. I have a standard if you, and there's going to be an element of if I was talking to him, I'd say, sir, put your foot down a bit. Say, listen, anything that you wouldn't have done to her, don't fucking try it with me because it's mm. not like there's a new sheriff in town in a slack off kind of way, yeah. right? After all the newspaper reporters and everyone had left, I'd say, thanks everyone for coming to the signing of whatever the fuck I have signed. Um, see you all tomorrow. We're just going to have a quick. Two-minute staff meeting following this signing of things. Guys, I'm just we're going to go around the room and I want every one of you to just off the top of your head tell me what you think are the necessary elements for a signing of something. <laughs> a pen that works. Can I just sit at the... I'm trying to be kingly. 
Mm. I'm trying to be majestic. I can't start picking up a number of items off the desk, fumfering around with them like, have you seen my iPhone charger? It's not majestic, guys. (laughs) No. Like, I actually am in a position where I have to rely on you to do things that any normal person could do for themselves. How did you fuck this up? Mm. It's your job to have me not look cranky and stupid. Yeah. You have failed horrendously at that. Yeah. There was not a thought about, and I suppose with that generation, there probably isn't. They probably never thought about the fact that someone's going to sit down at a desk and want to sign something. I mean... I mean, it's a historical event. Mm. You know a fountain pen. I understand what's going wrong with the pen. Mm. That will be someone's grandfather's grandfather's fountain pen. They yep. get the fanciest pen they can find. They test it out, and it worked 20 minutes ago mm-hmm. because that's when fountain pens work, 20 minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. Right? And depending on who's using it, like you cannot generally use someone else's fountain pen. If it's a proper fountain pen, they've got a weight and a style that they've worked it to their um, their benefit. Somebody else picks that up, they'll put different pressure on it, won't work. So, so I'd be like, listen, guys, give me the basic fucking elements to put on a show. Mm. Help me help you help me. What are we doing here? Yeah. And why did they have inkwells on the table? That was also a recipe. Even if they were at the back of the table, it made it anyway. I, I'm with him on this. I think How fucking been, hard is it? But, but and the other thing I would go is... He could have been is, nicer. That, that oh, wasn't no, hard listen, either. I, I'm saying he's tired and emotional. But I would also go, listen, guys, an empty desk with a working pen. No, that's it. Yeah. Okay. We've been planning this for 50 years. This is your only job. There's 20 of you. Can I buy a fucking vowel? <laughs> I don't think he was actually that crazily... Am I off base? Well, I think he gets away with it, but a lot of other people wouldn't get away with it. He's in a role that he's appointed to for life, so. Also, maybe I shouldn't say this. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to be nice to people. No, but it makes things a lot easier to get done if um, they think well of him. The thing I'm hesitating in is whether to bring gender into it or not. Mm. As a woman, you're not allowed to scream at everyone because no. you're hysterical and emotional and whatever. Yep. I sent Tiggy be like, listen, if you guys fuck this up, yeah, this isn't an ice cream shop. I'm going to fucking scream at everybody. You're mm. going to understand who's in charge here and that it's fucking serious. He's He might not be that worried about how he comes off. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, oh, what, am I going to get labelled a bitch? Yeah. Yeah, you better fucking believe it. Yeah, good point. I don't think that he's going to be as worried as all that about how he comes off because mm. why would he? What's going to happen to him? He's not going to lose his job. Well, he's just lost the duchy. And I know, listen, I know boo-hoo-hoo, it's to be very wealthy. Mm. But to get to this point in your life and basically lose that whole cushy life, and I know you get a different life, but it's Mm. a lot. Harder. I'm assuming he no longer has Highgrove, his country house to go to. Why not? It's... It belongs, the duchy purchased it, Mm. meaning it's now Prince William's. Oh. Correct? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, he bought it as a dump and worked it out. I assume it's going to be an unspoken thing. Oh, wait, no. Because I think technically it's the duchy leased it back to him as a person. So maybe it is still his. Not sure about that. He's put so many of his own touches on it. And Camilla was helping him with the design when it was getting renovated. So... Probably not something. Yeah, and the more wants. I think about it, they have to hold on to that. But when can they go there? I mean, he's now 
got a holiday home and a home and a home in Scotland, places to be every day of the year. Mm. Well, William's got four houses now, or at least three, and Catherine's got the other one. So, Well, this is the point I'm getting to with mm. these the artists formerly known as Cambridge. Mm. Sir and ma'am, I know you listen. Mm. How we can't you these are too many this is too many residences to maintain for you. City country Scotland. Mm. That's really heaps. That's really heaps for you to have Kensington Palace, the place at Windsor, Amna Hall in Norfolk. Mm-hmm. They've got four. I don't know what the four I want to say something in Scotland. That's a lot. That's a lot of per- private residences to maintain. I think really... Well, the rumour mill is that he's staying in London and she's at Windsor to be closer to her family when the kids go to school. It's about giving the children a more normal childhood, not sort of being constantly peered at. No pun intended. Well, I think that's covered off on everybody who's highly problematic and uh, can't think of anyone else who's scandal-laden. Meaning, of course, we have to move on to discussing my favourite and yours, mm-hmm. the certainly not grand but increasingly old Duke of York. Yes. And, uh, yes, he's uh, been in the news a bit. Okay, the Prince Andrew issues. Yes. First of all, a clarification, a thing that I learned today I've been wrong about this whole time. Oh, please, do go ahead. For some reason, I thought that the councillors of state were someone that the monarch had any sort of discretion in choosing, and that's not the case. Yeah, I think we had discussion about this way, 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 way back. Sure, we talked about it with... Now, I know the Queen used to go overseas and leave the Queen Mum as... Regent or standing in for her in some way, and I thought that meant that she was a councillor of state, and I'm sure she was. Mm. But according to the encyclopedia of Wikipedia, Mm -hmm. the councillor of state includes the sovereign spouse and the next four people in line of succession who are over 21. Okay, so who would that be? So that would be the next four people in line. So it's the Queen. Mm Mm-hmm. As in Queen Camilla. Queen, Queen Camilla, and then the first four in line. Which, so, in other words, he's still going to be a councillor of state. Yeah. Which is shocking, <sighs> but... It's mm. not actually... It's one of those roles that's important on paper, but actually is never going to, in practice, be used. So it doesn't matter. They can't preclude him from it, mm. because I'm sorry to have to explain to you from a legal perspective... He hasn't technically mm. done anything wrong. Exactly. Is that a decent summarising of the yes. situation? Yes, because he hasn't gone to court over anything and will certainly not now. Um, so, yes, his record, to all legal intents and purposes, is clean. He will be inheriting the corgis. Well, as I said earlier this week, <laughs> he is the most experienced groomer out of a lot of them. Oh, uh, boom, boom. Yikes. Well, he did buy one of them for his mother, didn't he, as a present? Yes. And I wasn't aware that he's a dog person, but, I mean, you know, he's, they're going to go and live at his house. I mean, who cares? He's, mm. he's not going to do anything to the corgis. Well, I was gonna, well and, and if he's like any man I know, it'll be the uh, dog walking and feeding duties will come down to Fergie because she still lives with him. Now, 
He accompanied whoever was there to walk down and initially look at flowers and Eugenie. memorials at the front gate. And I believe it was him, uh, the Earl and Countess of Wessex, Edward and Sophie, and Princess Eugenie. Mm. They're walking down in a group. He lunges to the front of the group and is the first to walk up to people and start trying to ga- engage with people and talk. Thrusting his hand out to be shaken, no one's putting their hand out. Oh, my God. I didn't see that. Stand in the background, sir. You're very fucking lucky to be allowed to go anywhere. I think he got cocky that no one would... This was an opportunity to not get booed and to... Mm. He hasn't given up on... Oh, no. Ingratiating himself back to people and is, again, using this as part of that campaign. Well, I think, as you and I have discussed, there are lots of scandals that have been covered up and I think he thinks, he genuinely believes... Oh, people have done much worse than I am and they're still doing whatever. Why why aren't I entitled to do this? Like he genuinely doesn't get it. And he was mummy's favourite and um, she protected him a lot. I don't know what's going to happen now. Well, now he's nobody's favourite. No, no, he is not. He's a creep. And that poor kid. People said that he was strangely touching Princess Eugenie's bum when he was he walking was. around he with her. He slid his That was um, nothing. No, well... If a man did that to me and wasn't my husband, I'd be furious. He slid his hand all the way down her back and touched her bum as he, he removed it. If you're, if you own, if you have a child, you manhandle if, them and pat them on the bum child, and not think you were about say that. that. She's a you know woman I mean. in her thirties, isn't she? I guess. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't take it that way. I just thought, oh, you know, he's just bending down to look at the flowers and stuff. If he suddenly jerked his hand away from her bum like something weird had happened, that'd be the weird thing to me. I don't well, think he would even be thinking that way. But anyway, no, I guess. I don't creep. Know. creep. He's definitely creep. I'm not saying that. but Yes, well, that poor kid who uh, got hauled to the ground by those orange yobbo heads um, for screaming, you're a dirty old man, to Prince Andrew, that kid's been charged. Yes, so in Scotland... Prince Andrew was heckled, as I assumed would happen. Mm. There's a lot to unpack there in terms of, uh, first of all, you're supportive of this young man. Mm. Let's have your State of the Union on that. Absolutely. I mean, the thing is that I saw so many people protesting about that. Then you go to their Twitter pages and they are almost to a person. They were, I believe in the freedom of speech and the right to protest and I will, you know, support you even if I don't agree with what you say. And <laughs> you'd be copying these emails back to people and go, well, is this you? Like either you believe in free speech and this idea, well, there's a time and a place. If you've paid £12 million not to go to jail and you are in a system where the average Joe on the street or anyone, in fact, gets a say on where you rank in this system that they can't vote you in or out, then the only time that anyone can call you out is really when you are out in public and he deserves to be called out. He of need- which, when you put it that way, you're not going to get many opportunities no. to attack him, no. are you? And, you know, I I wouldn't – they weren't – he wasn't heckling the Queen. He was heckling um, – Because I guess the time and place argument is this did – if this was a thing where you were just ruining something for Prince Andrew, that mm. would be fun. Mm. You're ruining it for everybody. Yeah. And look – Is the argument. I gather, you know, but that's the thing. You can't say I support free speech, but only when it's free speech done delivered in a way that I approve of. Um, They'll let this kid go, right? It's not like they're now going to send him to jail. I mean, what can they do for a public disturbance They didn't do like anything that? about the guys who grabbed him, and what they did was illegal. They threw him to the ground. They weren't police officers, and one of them kicked him while the police officer was holding him. So um, they haven't been charged with anything. 
So it's a ridiculous system that we've reached a point where people are angrier with the people who call out pedophilia than the people who allegedly committed pedophilia. And, you know, I don't understand why every Englander isn't absolutely ropeable that Prince Andrew is out, paid £12 million to that girl that he apparently never met. And you're not all ropeable and wanting to say to that guy, don't ever darken our doorsteps again. You should have been cheering that kid. We can presume that he pressured his mother into giving him some major role at the funeral. They cannot let him speak, surely to God. There'll be people outside. They'll boo. Yeah. They'll boo him. Yeah, I hope so. Well, of course, all of Prince Andrew's various alleged crimes pales into insignificance next to the disgraceful... What are we going to do now? Behaviour of certain persons. Oh, God. I've and their actions. I'm so exhausted with this. I am exhausted. I don't with even it. want to do it again, but one more time. <sighs> Once again, there has been this narrative put out there that Prince Harry has been denied permission to wear his military uniform. Mm. This allegedly came from a Sussex spokesperson. Mm-hmm. And when I say allegedly, it did, but I'm saying, did a spokesperson write this or who actually wrote it? But it came from them. Do, 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 Sussex statement. Prince Harry will wear a morning suit throughout events honouring his grandmother. His decade of military service is not determined by the uniform he wears. And we respectfully ask that the focus remain on the life and legacy of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Mm. So that's obviously them saying, can you stop going on about who Were a lot of people going on about that? Oh, yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm almost like, you bringing this up, is it's like, pay no. no attention to the thing I'm bringing up now. No, trust me, that was already going around in the Sussex uh, squad thing because the things that they said were um, either that Lily and ha- um, Archie won't get their titles or they'll take the HRHs off them. So there's been conjecture I've about I've still that. heard nothing about them and their HRHs no. to clarify that situation. Well, technically he can't do it, but if, unless he I changes I think it's what it. I'm saying. I'm saying it's too late for anything mm. other than to somehow now go through a mechanism of taking it off them. Mm. And people have said their parents aren't, and what we're referring to is that as grandchildren of the monarch, Archie and Lily should be automatically, have been, as far as I'm concerned, been automatically made HRHs. Yeah, that's what the letters patent says. And the people who say, but their parents aren't using their title, Mm. to me the letter says, to the children and grandchildren of the monarch, Mm. meaning that that's because their grandfather is the king. It has nothing to do with their parents, whether they are alive, dead, disgraced, uh, torn apart by badges. Mm. The point is those children are the grandchild of the monarch. Yes. So I've, I've heard nothing about that. But anyway, we're jumping all over the place. The uniform thing, you're making a th- you've, you've made a thing out of nothing mm. at a sensitive time where you don't want to make things about you. Mm. It's just you've got to let go of this narrative now that Prince Harry is forever the victim of everything. Well, when the other side, like as in Angela Levin, stopped making up stories that say that, uh, you know, Megan's wired up for um, Netflix. She constantly we, well, we're getting, a- Listen, just file your left tit for a second because we're <laughs> going to get to that next. And we might as well get to it now because I've forgotten my point. Did I have a point? 
about Omid oh, putting them in. Oh, the you've made a thing out of nothing, and you're basically taking the the Queen's death and saying the main thing we need to focus on here is that Harry's the victim of bullying once again. I don't think you're doing Prince Harry any favours beating up a story that's a non-event like this. How does that, like, well, who does that serve? I don't know that that's what happened because, and the other thing is that every other royal reporter does exactly the same thing about Meghan. They constantly make her the bitch that, you know, destroyed everything. It's like, she didn't kill the Queen. The Queen was 96 and not well. She didn't kill the Queen. We'll be, listen... No, we're not going down there. Stress that far. can be a main factor. Well, I would have I'm simply listen, finding I, 12 million pounds for your um, rapist, alleged rapist son to pay off his debt. That would be more stressful, I would have thought. Your favourite son being victimised in the press. I'm just saying that the pressure that the Sussexes put on the Queen, I'm not saying they murdered her. Don't do that to me. I don't need the stress levels. <laughs> I just choked on my own magnificence. Oh, uh, ow, Christ. All right, go to your um, next thing. Uh, oh, shit balls. Oh, so in the end, that would be like me coming out today and saying, I've got a new story. Prince Harry denied right to wear Chewbacca costume to funeral. <laughs> That's how relevant that is because it's not a thing he ever planned. I'll oh, forget it. Moving on mm. to... I did want, well, we, I want to talk about uh, Megan being wired for sound and recording stuff. There's been a series of photos from different events that seem to suggest that she's wearing wireless microphone packs. And the inference is that when she goes to royal events, they are surreptitiously capturing content for their soon to come uh, keeping up with the Sussexes Netflix reality show. Do I have the baseless allegations somewhat straight? Yeah, I gather so. I mean, there's been absolutely no demonstrable proof. They've just put a lot of doctored photographs up. Um, and the hilarious one was about when Megan's underwear bunched up at the front and they said, oh, she's wired for sound. She's got a box, you know, on her underpants to sort of record things and then showed her bra strap and tried to say that was a recording wire. And I'm just going, well... I would be smuggling satellite dishes under those conditions. I mean, it's just ludicrous. Someone doesn't know what a bra wire looks like at the, you know, the, the lumpy bit at the back where you adjust the straps. They were pointing that going, so it's obviously a bloke doesn't have an understanding of where a bra works. Is that consistent with what they pointed out at the uh, Prince Philip Memorial? They thought that she had a microphone it was on a hair. then as like, well. You can quite clearly see it's just a stray bit of hair and they're going, oh, she's wired for sound. And look, I want everybody just to stop and have a moment. One of the things that Harry said and has said for a very long time is one of the most traumatic, the most traumatic moment of his life is walking behind his mother's coffin with the media filming him and filming his reactions and knowing that he was on constant, had to hold it all together because he was being observed from everywhere. Do you really honestly think that he would smuggle in cameras and recording devices on, at a time which is 25 years almost to the week that he lost his, um, you know, sorry, in that time period that he lost his mother and had to go through all of that business, that he would walk around and film people's reactions when there's cameras there anyway from the media and the palace has already given them permission to be at the front row. If you have a look at any of those crowd scenes, you will see there are journalists all the way around filming. That's why we can see what's going on. 
do you really think Harry would allow his wife to be uh, mic'd up or would even try to bring a camera crew into that of his own volition? That's just ludicrous. Well, there's two the school two schools of thought is a uh, this is her and she's <clears throat> railroading him and he's like this innocent ragdoll to her various machinations and evils. Playing into a whole heap of racist stereotypes here mm. about um, the Jezebel. We've got to stop doing that. He is not a malleable figure. This is not. She's not casting some voodoo black woman charms over him, as as the dominant narrative that uh, white people seem to think that black women do to get men away from their families. Ludicrous, and it is based all in racist stereotypes. And about it is. It's based in uh, racist stereotypes about what voodoo does. Voodoo is an actual legitimate re, uh, religion, and they say that um, a Jezebel black woman will cast potions and use her sexual prowess to um, drag him away from his family and control him as though he's a zombie. It's well, just... that can, that's very common. That happens a lot, and uh, there should, <laughs> more people should be talking about it. Sure. <laughs> I mean, everything about um, Megan, how she's failing, everything is like it always comes back to when you drill it down and try to get an answer out of these people. It always comes back to a racist idea that they've got about oh, what black people should oh, be oh, doing. I've got it back. Mm. The other part from uh, everything's Megan mm. is a thing that I think there's, I think there's an element of truth to this, that there's trouble on the horizon with Harry. If you believe the storyline is, okay, now here's Harry, He's got a problem with Netflix and he's got a problem with this book he's supposed to write. Mm. And the the thought generally is he has to come up with dirt on people. In other words, these people either want him to come up with some actual controversial content for their book slash show or they're going to want their money back. So he's now in a bind where he's basically being blackmailed by Netflix to have to come up with this content. That's another urban myth as to why this is all happening. That it is what you're saying about Netflix, but that now he's any of the checks that he has has been cashed. So now he has to do an embarrassing reality show for Netflix. He has to throw someone under the bus with this book. Otherwise, he's going to have to give the money back. That's the that's another track of it. And listen, these people are going to want the the kernel of truth in it. To me, is both those parties are going to want something interesting out of him for their money. What what? <sighs> I don't understand why we feel that it's going to be something salacious and um, scandalous and horrible and that that's what they're insisting. I mean, they want to see another side of him or learn more about him. But I don't understand why people have got this idea that he's going to trawl the Netflix cameras into bits of people's lives because he would have said from the very start, no, I'm not going to do that. I know that there's so much that he could have spoken about. You know there's so much he could have spoken about that he has chosen not to. And I don't think that that's what's going to happen. But, you know, it doesn't matter. The goalposts are always moving. When we get to the point that none of that happens, the Sussex squad will be having to feel more stuff from people going, oh, yes, but this is going to happen. Like, they're never going to stop. It's a billion-dollar industry well, to hate Prince on Well, Prince Harry's them. book is cruel and sensationalist and exploits the family for bombshells. Or Harry's book is boring and he didn't tell us anything about anyone. Or Harry's doing a reality show that's extremely embarrassing and lacking in dignity. Or we didn't get anything out of Harry and why don't we get to see inside of his house? Like, there's something... No, you can't please anyone. 
It will it will always be the wrong thing if you're dealing with someone who wants to find oh, the, that the, end of the story. The fact that the people are going absolutely batshit crazy about Meghan and Harry holding hands when... That was a bit much. Okay, let's get to that. All now, right. listen, it's a procession in the church. Anywhere there's, there's like 20 people, literally no one's holding anyone's hands. She's guiding him around like he's a blind man. It, it does come off as a little bit intense and controlling. So what do we say about Peter and Zara Phillips? Um, oh, look, this, this is the other thing. When, when she does it, it's intense. She does that thing that some wives just do that. And we've seen that in other political arenas. And I've seen women do this in real life. Where they really cling to the arm and they're eye fucking the guy, the the, sh- the shit out of the guy like it's super intense, and I we feel see, like she's doing that with him. We like, see a photograph where she's looking over. We we don't know what's going on in their life, and they're the most newly married. Um, if comparison in compared with um, Peter and Zara, and it's all about the reason that this is continually coming up and why they continually go on about them holding hands is because they want to deflect away from the fact that William won't even look at Kate. He puts 10 meter distance between her. He won't hold her hand. You know, when they were How leaving. often do you physically hold hands with your husband and gaze oh, he, lovingly at him during social events? I don't think we've ever done that because he doesn't like holding hands and he walks in front of me all the time. He's the oh, only person who really? does it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, won't, he But he blames it on me, saying that I can't keep up pace well, with him. Well, he sounds like a right bastard. <laughs> I just think he doesn't want to have somebody walking beside him. Who would? Um, but that's my point. How thrilled are you with your husband of nearly 20 years? Not you and me, Kate. <laughs> but I mean, gen- like, I'm just kidding, but I'm not kidding. That, you know, what she does with him at social events is intense and you can't pretend it isn't. And the weird defense of, oh, yeah, here's a montage of when other people have held hands. Mm. Yeah, Zara's held her husband's hand. It's not intense and as to the degree of what Megan pulls with Harry whenever they're in public. It is a lot. That's all I'm saying. Well, you're saying that based on a few photographs that are Who are we trying to convince, guys? What? You look at a photograph and it's taken out of a sequence of ones and you go, oh, well, look, you know, she's doing the intense thing. Harry has post-traumatic stress disorder and you never get over that. We know that. There are certain things that trigger him. And if I was married to someone who I knew was going to be triggered under certain things. Is she trying her best to shepherd him through this situation? I really think she is. There are Mm -hmm. times where I've seen her look at him and, like, there's genuine concern and, you know, people going on at one point about her holding his hand and him pulling his hand back. Maybe he needs her to do that. I think if he's in a situation where he's going through a post-traumatic stress moment, and I'm just theorizing because I, he's not remarked sure, upon sure. this, if you're going through an episode, something triggers you, you have almost no ability to pull back from that. You've got techniques, if you're well-trained, that might ground you in that that moment. But if he has a PTSD moment and they're in the middle of the crowd and the camera's on him and she's holding his hands, they're just stroking his hands, she's trying to bring him back and ground him in this moment. And there is nobody... Maybe just reading all of that as being 100% controlling isn't fair. Maybe he needs her to do that. Well, and we could be just reading into that anyway. I mean, the Sure, English yeah, exactly. She's, she's a demonstrable person with her emotions. She's a hugger. That's who she's always been. She's passionate about things and... I think the fact that we sort of go, oh, it's not appropriate to do that. We don't get to police other people's relationships and we don't know what's going on with him. If he's having a moment, and he has said on occasion, so you saw that footage, that's me, you know, I'm trying not to cry because something's happened. Um, and PTSD moments are, 
I've never experienced one, but I, you know, if you're going through a panic or you don't know what's real and what's not, a calm, soothing voice holding your hand, telling you that it's okay and you're going to be okay is, you know, a thing that would work or distracting you from what's going on. So he's kind of fragile. Maybe I'm misreading that. Okay, I'll allow that. I'll allow that as a possibility. But speaking of suffering, I think that the, and it's not a competition, but if it was, Her Royal Highness the Princess Royal, Princess Anne, holy great Jesus has she been through it this week. Well, yes, she's lost her mum and her confidant. And And I'm thinking mainly about the brutal road trip with uh, the coffin and what have you. Mm-hmm. So um, I noted someone said that the the Queen took part in the designing of the royal hearse and everything and made sure there were lights inside so if it was nighttime, people could still see the coffin as they went past. Uh, But that whole trip, Princess Anne's been on that entire trip. Oh, has she? I think that there's a theory of someone needs to travel with the Queen so we're not just having her freighted to London like he's a parcel. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like she's travelling... With Princess Anne back. So she was in the car in that... And imagine, I'm thinking, number one, on the greatest day of your life, being trapped in a car with Admiral Tim for six hours. I mean, how you don't just... Or Anne. (laughs) If you just don't open the door and roll out onto the highway, I don't know how you would do it. But to someone sweet and empathetic like Princess Anne, to be in the midst of that emotional outpouring... She's followed that and been in it and subjected to it this whole way. Mm. No wonder at Love Her Work, she looked very drawn today. She's really been through it and mm. how could she not? Oh, for sure. And, you know, having to uh, keep company with Andrew wouldn't be pleasant either. No, oh, well, any of them, but, mm. oh, God, what a draining trip. And uh, she put out a sweet statement, which was just, you know, just having witnessed the outpouring and all that sort of stuff, which made me think about her. My God. Ma'am, you've had a full few friggin' days. Yeah. So we've seen an accession council. We've seen proclamations. We've seen the Pipers tootling their tutors. Mm-hmm. Uh, the King has met with the uh, Commonwealth Secretary General as well as all the other High Commissioners and various hobnobs or bigwigs or big knobs. Anyway, <laughs> received various addresses of condolence. Dear the King, sorry to hear about the Queen, love Parliament. Mm. Uh, in Scotland, of course, whilst they were there, the King and Queen, they had a ceremony of the keys and the keys of the city were given to him this time for the first time. And so I suppose that'll continue on annually as Scotland Week come. I can't imagine he's going to do anything any different in terms of the royal calendar and events or anything. He's not getting rid of anything, so no. it'll be business as usual. And as we observed, he was at Hillsborough Castle in Northern Ireland where they need to get a new box of pens. (laughs) So can you stand the Poet Laureate's poem? Um, Well, let's see. All right. (laughs) Read it out. Depends on how wanky it is. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Floral Tribute. Evening will come, however determined the late afternoon. Limes and oaks in their last green flush, pearled in September mist. I have conjured a lily to light these hours, a token of thanks. Zones and auras of soft glare framing brilliant globes. 
a promise made and kept for life. That was your gift. Because of which, here is a gift in return, glove wart to some, each shining bonnet guarded in stern, lance-like leaves. The country loaded its whole self into your slender hands, hands that can rest now, relieved of a century's weight. Evening has come, rain on the black locks and dark munros. Lily of the valley, a namesake almost, a favourite flower. Interlaced with your famous bouquets, the restrained. Zeal and forceful grace of its lanterns, each inflorescence. A silent bell disguising a singular voice, a blurred new day. Breaks uncrowned on the remote peaks and public parks, and everything turns on these luminous petals and deep roots, this lily that thrives between the spire and tree, whose brightness holds and glows beyond its life and border of its bloom. That's not too terrible. Simon Armitage, Poet Laureate. Ah, yes. I have a book of his poetry at home. So, of course, he was referring to the lily of the valley there. Mm. And I liked how he said inflorescence. That's my favourite word in the poem. Then I just, I was like, I wonder what the meaning of lily of the valley is, like what it represents. And when I um, Wikipedia'd it, in huge big writing, right up the top, it says inflorescence. Oh. And I was like, you just Wikipedia'd <laughs> lily of the valley to write this fucking poem. I'm on to you, sir. I could have bloody done that. But you didn't. Or did you? <laughs> so, well, uh, well, that'll do it. Again, I haven't got, we haven't got any news or anything. There's just too much happening. But I thought we might as well yes. try to stay up to date because next we're going to have the whole recap and rehash of the funeral the next time we talk to you. Yes. So won't that have been a fun time for all of us? That's right. And uh, so, you know, in our new segment, Joe's tip for the week. Oh, shit. You could edit that bit out. <laughs> So, in the uh, our new segment that we're going to be doing, that we've always done, uh, Joe's tip for life. My tip for life is, if you're feeling anxious, get yourself a dog. Because not a lot of people know this, but dog Xanax and people Xanax are the exact same thing, and vets don't ask a lot of questions. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Uh, so, in conclusion... Join us on the Patreon. We're going to have a whole new special there next week and more content to come, but there's always hours and hours of timeless fun to be had with us there. Absolutely. Timeless legal fun. Yes. Well, for the most part. <laughs> and you can follow both of us on Twitter and listen to other episodes of the show and subscribe to us and all of the fun at royalgossippodcast.com. Absolutely. If you haven't already blocked me, because a lot of people have blocked me this week. Also, Kate's <laughs> behaviour on Twitter. Uh, say goodbye, Katie. Goodbye, Katie. See, not about a dog. This is unexpected. <laughs>